Mark chapter 9, and we're going to begin reading in verse 38. And if you have your Bible and you're able to, please stand with us for the reading of the Word of God. It begins, verse 38 of chapter 9, begins with these words, And John answered him. Now we'll mention this again a little later, but what's happening is John is responding to something that Jesus has been teaching And John, not usually the one to speak up, but he does in this case. Verse 38, And John answered him, saying, Master, we saw one casting out devils in thy name. And he, talking about the one casting out the devils, he followeth not us. And we forbade him, because he followeth not us. But Jesus said, Forbid him not, for there is no man which shall do a miracle in my name that can lightly speak evil of me. For he that is not against us is on our part. For whosoever shall give you a cup of water to drink in my name. Seems like we've heard that recently. For whosoever shall give you a cup of water to drink in my name, because you belong to Christ, verily I say unto you, he shall not lose his reward. Now, just a bit of uh, review. Jesus and his disciples are traveling south from Caesarea Philippi, where they had been, where he had, you know, Peter had given that great confession, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And now they're making their way south through Galilee. Last week we noticed where they were in Capernaum in verse 33. And as we said several times, this journey they're on now, this leg of the journey will eventually lead them to Jerusalem where Jesus will go to the cross and suffer and die for us. This is the last leg of His earthly ministry. By the time we get to Mark uh, chapter 11, Jesus will be just outside Jerusalem in the region of Bethsaida and Bethany. And his primary focus at this time, though he will deal with crowds of people again, his primary focus is teaching and preparing the disciples for what's about to occur. And so John asked a question And once again, it brought up a great teaching moment. Let's ask God's help as we look at it together. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to open the Scriptures together. And Father, what's of most importance today is what you have to say. We pray that you'd open our eyes that we might be able to behold wondrous things out of thy law. Help us to grow in grace. Help us to mix faith with the Word of God. Father, help those today who are living in a world of spiritual darkness, Lord, to be able to see their predicament, and Lord, turn to Christ. Help all of us to grow, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Thank you so much. As we said there in verse 38, John is going to report to Jesus about something that they had seen. And John, verse 38, answered him saying, Master, we saw, and begins to talk about what he had seen. But he's also responding to something Jesus has said. As I said earlier in verse 38, John answered him saying, Now, what has Jesus been teaching about? 
Uh, we talked about this last week in verses uh, 33 and following, but especially just look in verse 35. They were asking about who would be the greatest, who would be the most important, who would be the first. And in verse 35, Jesus said, If any man desire to be first, the same shall be last of all and servant of all. So Jesus had been teaching them about humility, about serving others. And John answered him and said, I want to tell you what we saw and how we responded. Verse 38, he says, We saw one casting out devils in thy name. Two things to remember about that. He saw, they saw, and it's not just John saw it, but they saw it. The disciples saw it. They saw a person casting out devils. And they were, he was doing it in Jesus' name. Very important. We'll talk about that some. He, he wasn't doing it in his own name. This ministry he was doing was in the name of Jesus. If you'll notice with me this morning, this subject or this phrase, I should say, in my name or in thy name occurs several times here. We mentioned in verse 37, he says, Whosoever shall receive one such children in my name. Jesus said that. You receive them in my name. In verse 38, we saw one casting out devils in thy name. In verse 39, Jesus said, No man which shall do a miracle in my name. In verse 41, Whosoever shall give you a cup of water to drink in my name. This man was ministering in the name of Jesus. We'll talk about that as we move along. But the other thing we want to notice about this man that was doing this in verse 38, John says, he followeth not us. He's not a part of our group. He's not a part of the inner circle of the apostles. And, and Jesus didn't just commission the twelve to do the work of the ministry. Luke tells us, he sent out 70 others also. So there's more than a handful of these people that Jesus has officially uh, sent out to do his work. And they said, this man is casting out devils, but he's not exactly with us. He's not a part of our group. In verse 38, if you just follow along in the verse there in verse 38, John says, we forbade him. That means we told him to stop. This man's casting out devils. And John said, we told him, you can't do that anymore. You've got to stop. Why? Because he's not with us. He's not in our, he's not in our group. Now, there are a lot of things that we learn in the Bible. And one of the things we learn by reading the Bible is we don't know everything. And even when you read it, you, there's still some, some things that are unclear. And it's not clear to me. First of all, why John really said this, but, he, but more importantly, what did he think Jesus would say? I mean, he brings this up. John brings it up to Jesus. He said, we, you just talked about um, how we're to serve, serve others and that we're not to be, we're to be humble. And uh, so we saw this happening. What, 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 do you, what do you have to say about this? And I wonder if, if John didn't think Jesus would approve. I think maybe he thought he would approve. You did good. You told him to stop ministering in my name. But that's not what happened. Jesus saw it differently if you look in verse 39. But Jesus said, forbid him not. Don't stop him. You shouldn't have, you shouldn't have forbid him. Don't stop him from doing what he's doing. Now the apostles, you have to remember, 
because of their position as representatives of Christ, representatives of the gospel and their ministry, they felt it was their duty, you know, to stop this man from what he was doing. But Jesus, as he always did, was going to teach them a very important lesson. He went on to say in verse 39, There is no man which shall do a miracle in my name that can speak evil of me. Now, if we did not know, we might think, well, this man didn't really do a miracle. But Jesus said he did a miracle, right? If Jesus said it, we can believe it. No man shall do a miracle in my name. So what he acknowledged was there were people that were not in their group that could do miracles in his name. Are you with me so far? I think it's very interesting. And he said, if a man's in that position and, and he's doing it in my name and he performs a miracle, Jesus said, nobody can speak evil of me, can lightly speak evil of me. That brings us to verse 40, which I think is a very important thing for us to think about together today. For he that is not against us is on our part. Now, this man may not be with us as far as in our group, but if he's not against us, you know, no man that is, he that is not against us is on our part. Um, there's a, I want you to hold your finger right here in Mark chapter 9. I want to compare this with another verse in Matthew chapter 12. We'll come right back to Mark 9, but go to Matthew chapter 12. And this is a passage of scripture where they've accused Jesus of casting out devils by Beelzebub of all things. You're, okay, we'll give it to you. You're, you're performing miracles, but the devil's helping you do it. And Jesus is uh, teaching about that in Matthew chapter 12. But notice this one verse, verse 30. He that is not with me is against me. And he that scattereth not with me, scatter, gathereth not with me, excuse me, scattereth abroad. Let me read that again. He that is not with me is against me. And he that gathereth not with me scatters abroad. Now in Mark he says, he that is not against us is with us. And here he says, he that's not with us is against us. Kind of interesting, really. And so back to Mark chapter 9 and verse 40, 39 and 40, Jesus saying, this man may not be with us, but he's not against us. He's casting out devils. By the way, he's saying we have a common enemy, right? And the devil is our enemy. By the way, our enemy is not other people. Our enemy is not other Christians, our enemy is not other people who are trying to do the work of God if they're really doing it in his name. And so and one of the things that we see from both of these verses, I think, one says if he's, not, if he's not against us, he's with us. The other says if he's not with us, he's against us. Listen, young people, that tells us there's really no middle ground. There's no neutrality. You say, well, I'm, I'm going to be for Jesus uh, but I'm not going to really be for Jesus. No, if you're either for him or you're against him. There's no, there's no, you, if you're not helping, you're hurting. Jesus said, if someone is not gathering, they're scattering. If you're not helping, you're hurting. But if you are helping, you're not hurting. You're either for him or you're against him. Now, 
This man in verse 39 apparently was for Jesus. Wouldn't you think? He's casting out devils in Jesus' name. He must be for Jesus, even though he did not follow with them. Now, we're going to come back to that in a moment, but I want to look in verse 41, where Jesus said this, For whosoever shall give you a cup of water, talking about to those disciples, For whosoever shall give you a cup of water to drink in my name, because you belong to Christ, verily I say unto you, he shall not lose his reward. So he he inserted something about rewards. He says, whoever gives to you a cup of water, in Jesus' name. I, I said to one of our men a, few, a month or two ago, y'all don't really need to keep bringing me this water. Because I seldom drink it, right? It just sits here. It makes you thirsty. And I don't, once a month, maybe I'll take a sip. Maybe I will right now just to think. But he says, no, I don't want to lose my reward. <laughs> Whosoever shall give even a drink of water because you belong to him, he said he will not lose his reward. He, that person, this is, a good, this is a good thing to remember for all of us who are involved, maybe not directly, but indirectly in the Lord's work. We're supporting the Lord's work. We're giving to God's work. We're praying for those who are doing God's work. Maybe even given a drink of water in Jesus' name. You know, you too will be rewarded. Isn't that good to know? There's rewards. You know, as I think about this context of John, uh, John's question and Jesus' answer, it, it reminds me of this, and I, this is one of the things I really want to emphasize this morning, and that is pride can affect our view of ministry. And these men had just been discussing, by the way, this is all a part of this walking f- from Caesarea Philippi, days are passing, they're walking together, teaching moments. But they've just been discussing in verse 34 how they'd been, it said they'd been disputed among themselves who should be the greatest. They, they were in the discussion about their importance. And, and then they see someone that's not with them that's ministering to people, and they want to stop him, you know, because, by the way, sometimes, sometimes when we get to thinking we're the only ones that can do it, or no one can do it unless they're just like us, that's not necessarily a good sign. That's not necessarily a good thing. And therefore, and another thing to think about is the fact that when they got down off of the Mount of Transfiguration, which happened just prior to this other discussion, a bunch of them had been trying to cast out a devil and couldn't do it. Remember that? They failed. And now they see somebody that's doing it and they forbid them. Pride is a dangerous thing. Pride can cause us to think that we're the only ones whose work really matters. You know, every one of us ought to have a passion for truth. Buy the truth and sell it not. Every one of us ought to have a passion for truth. And if there was something in the Bible that we, we, wanted, that we don't want to know more clearly, we ought to dig it out, search it out, and know it. And None of us know everything. None of us have arrived. None of us. And we should never tolerate indifference or doctrinal error to abide in our minds or in our hearts. We want the truth. 
But that, but, but because we're on this pursuit of trying to say, well, I, as far as I know, we're doing it the way we should. We're trying to dot every I and cross every T. It, that, that could give it, lend itself to pridefulness and saying we're better than everybody else. We're not better than anybody else. We're not better than anybody else. And just because we believe that we have doctrine for where we stand, even on the Lord's work and how the Lord's work should be done, that does not mean that someone who may not be doing it just like us may not be doing a good work. So I want to look today at what Jesus said and what He did not say. The first thing... We want to notice in verse 39 that Jesus said, and this is a combination, He did say this. Look in verse 39. Jesus said, Forbid him not, for there is no man which shall do a miracle in my name. And in verse 38, they saw one casting out devils in his name. Now what does that mean? In his name. Just because a person says something in Jesus' name doesn't necessarily mean that it's really done in Jesus' name. You can say anything. A person can say anything. I think it means that this man was representing the gospel. He had the same message. He had his authority. Listen, he had, got, he had the Lord's power. You can't cast out devils in your own power ability. This guy had God's blessing, apparently. I think, we can, I think we can assume that these, this person he saw was not a person with a false gospel. You know, everybody who says they have the truth don't necessarily have the truth. Jeremiah, if you think about, back to the words of Jeremiah, Jeremiah called out people who claimed to be prophets, who claimed to be speaking the truth, but they were speaking lies. I don't think this man was like this. In Jesus' name, I believe, tells us that he was, he was a true believer. This doesn't mean everybody that says something in the name of minister, we ought to go along with it. G- Paul clearly said in Galatians chapter 1, If any man brings any other gospel unto you, let him be accursed. He didn't say he's okay. He's, he's, got, he's, he's just got a different gospel. No, Paul said under the inspiration of the Spirit of God, let him be accursed. In his name means he's doing it in the Lord's name. This man was not someone that would believe a false gospel. He didn't believe in salvation by baptism or works. I don't believe it's like the people in Matthew 7 who one day will say, but we cast out devils in your name and Jesus say, depart from me, I never knew you. I don't think that's what this man was about. This man apparently was a true believer. The Bible gives us that. What else did Jesus say? Look what he says in verse 40. For he that is not against us is on our part. Jesus said, this, talking about this man, he that is not against us is on our part. They're doing the same thing. They're doing a similar work than we're doing. They're helping people. This person is helping people find freedom from spiritual bondage. You know, if I heard of a person who would listen to someone that I consider to be way off doctrinally, 
but they had gotten help, I'd be glad they got help. Right? I'd be glad they got help. He said, he that is not against us, verse 40, is on our part. And as I said earlier, we, he, we all have the same enemy. And the enemy is the devil who walks about like a roaring lion. Because someone disagrees with us on some matter should not make them our enemies. One of the most bewildering things, and I've had a lot of things that bewildered me in over 40 years of ministry, but one of the things that has bewildered me is how when someone disagrees with us and leaves us, that they criticize us and treat us like we're enemies. That's not right. I don't treat them like they're my enemy. You know why? You say, well, because you disagree, shouldn't you be? No, we're not enemies. The devil's our enemy. I think this was, this was a very important lesson that Jesus is giving these apostles before he ends his earthly ministry. And often they're people, people that, and by the way, you may not realize this, this may be a shock to you, but of the people in this room right here today, they don't all agree on everything exactly alike. I still can fellowship with people, even if they don't like strawberries. <laughs> or if they do like strawberries. I'm not a strawberry fan. I'm just saying there are things about us that we ought to all be, we ought to all be growing. Paul said it this way, the purpose of teaching and ministry is that we'd be unified in the faith. We ought to all be growing in the grace of God. But none of us have arrived. I said this the other day. None of us are perfect. So Jesus said they may not be with us, but the language is that they're on our part. He that is not against us. If they're not against us, they're on our part. We're talking about what he said and what he didn't say. He did say in verse 39, forbid him not. Don't hinder him. Don't try to stop him. They stopped him. Can you imagine that? They stopped him. He said, don't try to stop them. If they're helping people in my name, even if they don't follow me, don't forbid them. Did Jesus say that? That's what he said. It reminds me of something that Paul wrote about in Philippians chapter 1. I'm just going to take a moment and look at that. If you have your Bible there and you'll look with me. Philippians chapter 1 Paul is writing about his bondage. He's in prison. He's in prison for preaching the gospel. And, and he's saying, basically, the things that have happened to me have been kind of like what we heard in Sunday school this morning. The things that have happened to me have been for a purpose, for the furtherance of the gospel. And in verse 15, notice what he says about some of these preachers. Verse 15. Some indeed preach... Christ, even of envy and strife, and some also of goodwill. In other words, some people who are preaching have ulterior motives. They're doing it because of jealousy and strife. Toward him, I'm sure. Verse 16, the one preached Christ of contention, not sincerely, supposing to add affliction to my bonds. They're out there preaching, trying to make it harder on me. Verse 17, but the other of love. Others are preaching the same message, but they do it out of love. 
knowing that I'm set for the defense of the gospel. Now verse 18 is what we want to get to. What then? Notwithstanding every way, whether in pretense or in truth, in sincerity, hypocrisy, or in truth, Christ is preached, and I therein do rejoice, yea, and will rejoice. Aren't you glad that verse is in the Bible? He said, they may be against me, they may be trying to hurt me, they may be trying to hinder what we're doing, but if Christ is being preached, I'm going to rejoice that Christ is being preached. Doesn't it kind of sound similar to what Jesus is saying? They may not be exactly like us, but if they're not against us, they're on our part. Jesus said, forbid them not. Forbid them not. Let's notice we're talking about what Jesus said and what he did not say. Now let me notice a couple of things he did not say. Jesus did say, forbid them not. Jesus did not say, join hands with them or unite with them. He didn't say that. He said, if they're they're doing it, they're doing it in my name, don't hinder them, don't stop them. You know, it's one thing to forbid someone. It's the one thing to say, okay, I may not agree with everything they're doing, but they're preaching the gospel, they're doing it in Jesus' name, and I'm not going to try to stop them. It's one thing to not forbid them. It's another thing to partner with them. Can you see that? One of, the, one of the criticisms that our church has received over the years is due to the fact that we don't cooperate with every kind of ministry. You know, one of the first things that I did, and it, you know, it shouldn't be controversial, but it was a little bit controversial when I became the pastor in 1981, was uh, <clears throat> there was a local group of pastors from every denominational flavor, every imaginable stripe, and it was customary for pastors to go to those meetings and meet together. And I went to a couple of them. And one of them, I heard the Lord's name, not the Lord's name, a curse word used. It wasn't actually the Lord's name, in, among, by one of the pastors. And it wasn't long. As a matter of fact, it was, wasn't very long at all until I said, I'm, I can't be a part of this. You know, you have people that don't even believe the gospel. They believe that salvation is in the baptistry. They believe... They believe that you can lose your salvation. They believe all kinds of things. I'm, I, can't, you, I can't work together in that kind of arrangement. You know what I'm saying? You can't. It's one thing to say, no, I'm not going to. If they're, by the way, everybody, everybody that has church on their sign doesn't mean they're a true church, and it doesn't mean they're preaching the true gospel. But even if they're preaching the gospel, sometimes because of the way they do things, we couldn't join hands with that. So Jesus said, Jesus did say, don't forbid them. But Jesus did not say, you have to unite with them. The Philippians chapter 1, we mentioned Philippians 1, and Paul's talking about the church at Philippi, and he talked about the fellowship we have in the gospel. That fellowship is partnership. We're, you know, the missionary we mentioned today, the missionaries that our church supports are churches that we can fellowship with. It's more than just say, we're not going to forbid you. It's saying, we want to partner with you, and those people we partner with are those who are down the line, doctrinally, where we would be as a church. Jesus did not say, join hands with them or unite with them. And the reason I say that is because some people, you know, you can get get in a ditch on either side of the road. 
So when you say, Jesus said not to forbid them, some people interpret that to mean then we should all get together and hold hands and sing Kumbaya and we're all on the same page. No, that's not what Jesus said. He said, just said, don't forget them. Just because they're not with us doesn't mean you have to try to stop them. And, and on, the, on, the, on the, this road that we want to be on, the road is not our road. The road is God's road. It's a road of truth. And you could get on one, you can get in one ditch on one side of the road, just be hypercritical of everyone and everything, just because they're not like you, and dot every I and cross every T just like you. You can get on a ditch on the other side of the road, which would be ecumenicalism, where we just, we're all going to, we're going to ignore all our differences and ignore doctrine. We're going to, that's not, I don't think either one of those roads are a good place to be, or ditches are a good place to be. I think we ought to be on the road, amen? Jesus did not say, unite with them. The last thing I want to mention that Jesus did not say is that is this. Jesus did not say they're right about everything. He didn't say that. Just because a person is laboring in Jesus' name does not make all the things they do and everything they preach acceptable. Someone asked me just the other day about... And you may, it may be the, you may be sitting here and you ask me, because I can't remember who asked me and I can't remember where I was. But I think I do remember you asking me this, whoever it is. Someone asked me about, are there any radio preachers or channels you can listen to, radio stations you can listen to, where you can be sure you're going to hear good preaching, sound doctrine? And I don't know of any. That doesn't mean there are not some people on there that do have sound doctrine. And sometimes there are people on there that may be right a whole lot of time, but they're wrong some of the time. I'm just saying, you have to be very careful. But, but Jesus, when Jesus said about these people, don't forbid them, what he did not say was, unite with them. And he did not say that everything they're doing is right. Sometimes people, and I, I'm, I'm glad we're at this point of the scripture today because we all need to be reminded of this, but sometimes have the idea that if a person's right on the gospel, then nothing else really matters. That's not true. All doctrine matters. The Bible never teaches that if you're right on the gospel, that everything else is okay. Jesus never taught that. The Bible never teaches that. The epistles don't teach that. Doctrines matter. Now, this is one of those places that I'm just fascinated that this question came up at this point in time. And again, you put it in the context, Jesus is just weeks away from going to the cross. And he is just pouring himself into his disciples. And John asked this question, Lord, what about this? We saw this man casting out devils in your name, and we told him to stop. And Jesus said, let me tell you what I think about that. Let me tell you the truth. Shed some light upon that. And Jesus said, if they're not against us, they're on our part. You know, they're... And I don't have guests here, and I'm not... I'm not uh, trying to knock other people or, or elevate ourselves. I'm just saying this. There are a lot of people who believe a lot of different things. And we want to be 
we want to be true to the Word of God. We want to be true to the gospel. But that does not mean that everybody who doesn't believe just like we are has to be our enemy. Now, sometimes people think that, people act that way, but it doesn't mean they have to be. There are people that I've known in this town for 40 years. I just talked to one just the other day, a preacher. I've known him for over 40 years. And when we made the decision back in the 80s, our church did, that we're no longer going to be a part of a convention. We're going to be an independent Baptist church. He came to me because we knew each other and he cared about me. And he said, basically, can I talk you out of this decision? We remain friends to this day. Will he preach in this church? No. But that doesn't mean we don't love each other. He's really right on the gospel. I think he's wrong on some other thing, but he's right on the gospel. I'm just saying, just because a person doesn't see it the way we do doesn't mean that we have to dislike them or criticize them. Are you with me? Now I want to finish by just uh, repeating something that to me just is so, so glaring in this passage, and that is this. Where Jesus said, he that is not against us is on our part. But where he said in the gospel of Matthew, that he that is not for us is against us. And I ask you a very simple question. You know, where do you stand with Jesus? Not where do you stand with the church, where do you stand with your friends, where do you stand with Jesus? And if you're not for Him, according to Jesus, you're against Him. If you're not gathering to Him, according to Jesus, you're scattering from Him. There's no neutrality. Now, People may try to paint this picture like it's possible to be neutral, but there is no neutrality in the gospel. You're either saved or you're lost. You're either on your way to heaven or you're on your way to hell. It's not like you're suspended in this place where where you are is okay and it doesn't matter. That's not true. Before I got saved, I was lost. But when I was born again, I became a new person in Christ. And there are probably people sitting here today and you're just, you're just sort of thinking, well, I'm just going to go through life this way. I'm pretty good. You know, I don't know that I'm really saved, but I'm telling you, that's a dangerous place to be. Jesus didn't die on the cross so you could have kind of one foot in salvation and one foot in lostness. No, He died on the cross that you might be all in for the gospel. Are you saved? Do you know you're saved? Have you been born again? And if you don't know that you're saved today, you need Christ. You need, the, you, need, you need Him. You don't just need religion. You need Him. You don't need reformation. You need Him. And today would be a great day for you to say, I want to, I want to receive Christ. I want to know that Jesus Christ is a part of my life. I want Him to be a part of my life. I want Him to take me to heaven when I die, but I want Him now. Right now, I want Jesus in my life. That's to be the biggest decision you ever made. I urge you to make it today. And if you're sitting here today and you say, well, preacher, I really believe I'm saved, but I'm just not really 
committed to Christ the way I should be, you need to understand that if you're not gathering, you're scattering. Right? That's what Jesus said. It just makes me want to be all in for Jesus, doesn't it, you? Amen.